Good evening, folks, and welcome to A Green Way Forward. My name is Michael O'Neill, and I am very excited to have Ron Placone with us this evening. And here on A Green Way Forward, we look at grassroots democracy, social justice, eco-socialist, socialism, and peace, all from a Green Party perspective. Uh, we have had Ron on in the past. He is an amazing, fierce, and funny comedian. He is a regular on the Jimmy Dore Show. He hosts Get Your News On with Ron on YouTube as a live stream. He has a webcomic. He's got the Progressive Comedy Tour, which is heading towards the East Coast. And we're going to talk about all those things. But even more importantly, we're going to talk about tomorrow's epic live stream to save net neutrality. And you can learn more about that at epiclivestream.com. And we've got that URL in the show notes. Ron Placone, welcome back to A Green Way Forward. Uh, thank you for being here. Thanks for having me. Thanks for letting me come back. And, you know, I got to say my cat, Lucy, jumped up on this desk as soon as you said we're live. She's, uh, she's such a diva cat. She's a natural, you know. Right? Let's- she's like, oh, the cameras are on. We're, we're live. I'm, I'm here. I'm doing my thing. Let's give the people being, what they want, right? Being mayor of Adorable Town. That's what I do. That's what she does. And, you she, know, this is appropriate because we're, we're here to talk about saving that neutrality. And what is the internet better at than delivering pictures and video of adorable cats and other animals? That's really, that's really right. Do you want your cat videos to lull? No, we'll support net neutrality. Uh, yeah, so epiclivestream.com. I teamed up with an organization called Fight for the Future, which is an excellent organization. They do work on net neutrality. They do work on online privacy, um, a, a lot of different issues. And we wanted to do a live stream because tomorrow marks one year since the FCC repealed net neutrality. Uh, now, net neutrality, I'm, I'm sure a lot of your listeners already know this, but net neutrality is policy that assures a free and open internet. It assures that the internet has to be treated as a common carrier that's essential to our lives and essential to our homes, like running water uh, or, or basically like, like just a telecommunication basic service. Um and we've had net neutrality since the advent of the internet. We've always just had assumed net neutrality rules. We got them on the books in 2015. Uh, and that was because digital rights activists had been rallying it, uh, for it for years. The cable companies took the FCC to court because they didn't want to follow net neutrality rules anymore. They did win, but the courts told the FCC, which at the time was being run by Tom Wheeler, they said, hey, look, uh, they won this lawsuit, but if you designate the internet a Title II classification, which designates it a common carrier, then you can enforce net neutrality. So Tom Wheeler didn't really want to do that. He was kind of a telecom lobbyist himself, but people commented so much, they actually crashed the FCC's website in a dose of beautiful and irony. So Barack Obama and Tom Wheeler did do the right thing, and they did make the internet uh, a Title II protected entity. Uh, and that gave us solid net neutrality on the books. The Trump FCC has since repealed that. It'll be one year tomorrow. In that year, we've been fighting very hard. We've been fighting tooth and nail. We have state bills. We're trying to overturn what the FCC did via Congress. We're trying to build municipal broadband all across the country. So we take the internet out of the corporate entities' hands and into the hands of cities and municipalities. We've been doing all that. We've been fighting tooth and nail. That's why no one's really seen the effects of a post-net neutrality world yet. Because we've been fighting, A, and B, uh, you know, these cable companies, they're not, it's not like they're going to completely deconstruct the internet overnight. It's going to be a slow boil. 
Uh, so we're going to slowly see the effects of it. So that's what's going on. And, and basically, one of the things that has happened is that Congress had the Save the Internet Act, which is three pages long. And it basically says, hey, remember those rules that we got on the books in 2015? They were good rules. We're putting those back. Simple bill. Uh, it did pass the House. And Mitch McConnell promised it was dead on arrival in the Senate. So tomorrow, uh, a couple pro-net neutrality uh, members of the Senate are going to speak. Then some anti-net neutrality members will respond. Uh, chances are nothing's going to happen. It's unlikely they would force a vote on this. Um, but we're there to really make some noise because by making some noise, we're going to expose all these anti-net neutrality politicians as being afraid to go on the record against net neutrality because net neutrality is something that has over 80% of the public in favor of it. And that's all across the political aisle. That's not just a right issue or a left issue. There are people all across the political aisle uh, that are for net neutrality because people of all political persuasions want their porn to load fast. So that's where we're at. And uh, we're that, fighting. It's a, it's a universal need. Absolutely. <laughs> and uh, you've given us a lot of information. I want to break down some of it. So just for some of the folks out there who maybe are not familiar with the net neutrality battle, when we talk about the internet treating uh, our our internet service as a common carrier, it means that no matter what you are downloading, the your whether it's Verizon or T-Mobile or Charter or whoever, or ideally, and like you said, we're fighting for municipal broadband, whether you are downloading uh, 50 megabytes of cat pictures or 50 megabytes of recipe videos or whatever, those 50 megabytes of whatever are all treated the same thing. Like when you turn on your faucet in your kitchen, your your water supplier doesn't treat the water that you're getting differently, whether or not you're using it to cook with or to wash your hands or to water your plants. It's just water. And that's right. how exactly. And that's how we want the internet to treat the data that we are using. Be, and not just that we're downloading, but we're uploading too, because yes. the, the internet is such a, a fundamental part of our society now. Yeah, and, and it applies to both customers of the internet and also, you know, which we all are, and also creators on the internet. You know, in a post-net neutrality world, shows like this likely wouldn't be able to exist anymore because independent media and alternative media, uh, we wouldn't be able to afford to pay the fees that they would want uh, content creators to pay for their videos and their content to upload at a reasonable level. Uh, so the only media that would exist would be corporate media like your CNN, your Fox News, because they'd be able to afford to pay. Uh, but the little guys, we wouldn't be able to afford to pay. Uh, and also, they can also kind of cut up the Internet and make it literally into a cable television 2.0. Hey, do you want to access Twitter and Facebook? That's the social package. That's $50 extra a month. Do you want ESPN.com? There's another fee there, too. So they could really just completely gut the internet as we know it, or rather our access to it. Um, and we could be looking at a completely different medium. They did it to radio. They did it to television. Those are all, by the way, designated a Title I in information service, which means corporations can just kind of have it at their disposal. So, you know, if we let that happen to the internet, we're going to lose the medium. And the way things have worked historically in the United States, and I guess pretty much around the world, once you lose a medium, you don't get it back. Or at least it's really hard to. Or basically, by the yeah. time it's no longer profitable or in great use, then maybe the corporations will abandon it. But by that, but that, that you get point, a yeah, you get a variation are, yeah. of it back. Yeah. You might get a skeleton of it right. back. But it, but exactly as you said, you nailed it. Once it's yeah. no use to them, 
that's yeah. when you start to get it back. So let's keep what we have. And, um, you know, with uh, net neutrality being so important for creators, like you said, uh, I think of Occupy, right? How much of Occupy spreading across the country was the product of the live streams of that early footage of of activists and even journalists getting pepper sprayed and body slammed on cars by cops we think about uh how that phenomenon was so uh in in part fueled by live streams by live video and that's the kind of thing that is threatened by uh, as you said chopping up the internet and segmenting it into ridiculous service packages that will really all just be about uh mass corporate monetized production and really leaving very little, if anything, for independent creators like yourself and like me and like many of the people watching and listening right now. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing too, like you bring up Occupy. I mean, we could look at more recent examples too. And and especially, you know, pertaining to the, the Green Party, especially what would we have known about Dapple if it wasn't for a free and open internet? They would have kept us in the dark completely. We wouldn't have had a clue. Absolutely. What was going on in Dapple? Uh, so many for we wouldn't have a clue what's going on with climate change at all if it wasn't for a free and open internet. We wouldn't have a clue what's going on with basically any social movement. We wouldn't have a clue what's going on with strikes across the country. We wouldn't have heard about any of the teacher strikes. Forget it. I mean, we barely heard anything from the corporate media in general. We would have heard next to nothing if it wasn't for the free and open internet starting to amplify the volume of all that. And and the recent occupation at the Venezuelan embassy, a lot of live streams from both within and without, including this show. Mm -hmm. I say occupation, I meant, sorry, defense of the Venezuelan. Code Pink corrects me every time I accidentally say occupation instead of of defense, and they're right to do so, so I just want to make sure we get that out. Yeah, they are right to do so. I I, I think it was obvious your intentions were were right, but but yeah, I mean, I guess we do have to be careful with our language, but yeah. so how so, can people help out tomorrow? What can they do about tomorrow? People can help out day? tomorrow by going to epiclivestream.com, by tuning in, going to epiclivestream.com, submitting questions. You can go there now. You can submit your comments, uh, and they might be read on air by one of the hosts. Uh, and if you want to participate, you can contact Fight to the Future. I, I know you're going to make an appearance. I'm going to be appearing on the stream a lot myself. And uh, it's going to be... Uh, it's going to be a pretty amazing party on the internet. So I'm, I'm real excited for it. We're, we're going to be loud about this because we have to continue because the free and open internet is, it's just too much at stake. You know, I mean, I feel like we're in a time where people really need to pick a lane and try to do something. And for me, you know, this issue really pertains to me a lot as an individual. It's something I've been following since about 2004 And the way I see it, you know, without a free and open internet, without a solid communication platform, which in our day and age, in our day and age is the internet, what else can we do? You know, I mean, like, like, like we're such, we're so up the creek without a paddle if we don't have the free and open information platform we rely on, which is the internet. So, so that's why we're going to be out there. We're going to be doing this. And, uh, it's, uh, it's a noble cause. I want to give a shout out to Halicia, who writes in to say, imagine a free public library that you have to pay a membership to access. That's what basically they want to turn the internet into. She, uh, Halicia also said, without net neutrality, it's akin to gerrymandering information, which I think is a yeah. very incisive that's uh, a, simile. That's a great analogy. That's a fantastic analogy. Both of those are fantastic analogies and, and totally spot on. So, which, by the way, support your local library. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, the, our libraries are a way for a whole segment of the population to access the internet. I mean, for those who, yeah. for whatever reason, don't have it at home, or maybe they don't 
currently reside in a permanent home. Librarians, in a lot of different ways, have been uh, first responders to threats to free expression uh, going back to uh, the post-9-11 era. But uh, back to tomorrow. So we definitely want people to tune in at epiclivestream.com. Submit your questions and your comments in the form that's right there at the page. For those of our uh, members of our audience who are a little more technically inclined, please make sure that you are spreading the link to epiclivestream.com between now and, say, tomorrow morning. And uh, use the hashtag net neutrality uh, in your tweets and on Facebook. And also, there are all kinds of cool widgets on the um, epiclivestream.com website where you can basically embed a promo banner for the live stream on your site. You can embed the actual stream. Uh, If you are on Twitch, you can simulcast uh, the live stream on your own Twitch channel. I'm a Twitch viewer, but I've never broadcast. So I might see if I can figure that out between now and tomorrow. I'm I'm not super hip to Twitch either. I I did a couple streams with Fight for the Future, and then I'll, you know, obviously I'll be doing the thing tomorrow. But that's uh, that's the that's where my exposure begins and ends. But uh, but yeah, it's a pretty cool platform. Now you're going to be on this live stream tomorrow. Uh, Tell me about yeah. So uh, at 9:30 a.m. Eastern time, we're going to go to Mitch McConnell's office. And we're going to submit a petition for net neutrality with all the signatures of people demanding net neutrality. Um, And then we're just going to be kind of covering the event some in the Senate building. Um, And I'll just be streaming as much of that as I can. I'm sure when I go through security, they'll like me likely make me stop, you know, and then Mm -hmm. I'll try to do it again. I don't know if I'll be able to do it inside the office. They probably won't allow that, but I should be able to uh, in the hallway. So, so it's going to be a, uh, we'll see what happens type scenario, but we are going to be in DC. We are going to be delivering a petition to Mitch McConnell. Um, and I will be live streaming, hopefully nearly all of that. I'm sure there, there's going to be some times where we're going to have to turn it off, but for the most part, I hope to be streaming all of that. Now, are you in DC right now or have you yet to make the trip from? No, I I fly out. I fly out tonight. Oh, wow. I I, I take a red eye. I'm I'm a lucky guy. I, I can sleep on planes really easily. Me so, too. Uh, I like I like red eyes a good bit. You know, yeah. I like to just kind of do my thing, have my day still, and then get to the airport late at night. Well, not late at night, but you know, at night when it's a little more low key. Even LAX. I mean, it's still kind of crazy because it's LAX, but it's a uh, comparatively speaking, it's low key. And then uh, you know, you just kind of get on the flight and you fall asleep. Um, and uh, and then the the East Coast leg of the Progressive Comedy Tour starts the next night on June twelfth in Washington D.C. Great. So, well, yeah. so everyone, make sure you tune in to EpicLivestream.com. Uh, keep your eye on that. Uh, if you're on Twitch, you can uh, watch on there and uh, make sure that you, again, submit your questions, promote the link, promote the hashtag. I will be on the Epic Livestream and try to contribute a little bit of epicness to it around 3.20 p.m. Eastern Time. And it's going to be a live broadcast, right? So anything can happen. Uh, maybe Mitch McConnell will reveal himself to be the vampire demon lord that we all secretly believe he is. Um, mm-hmm. it, it could happen. We can't rule out that it won't. Um, but uh, in the meantime, we will keep fighting for a uh, free and better internet. Yeah, I don't know if I'm. I, I don't know if they're going to send me into the office actually because uh, you know there's a lot of. Uh, 
activists that have more experience dealing with the beltway than I do that are, that are involved in this thing. And, uh, I heard that if you look at him at the exact wrong time, you will turn to stone. So in case he's there, you, you may need some more seasoned professionals. It's all about eye contact. You got to avoid eye contact. (laughs) Don't look at the neck folds. Those also (laughs) are no go zone. Can you tell me a bit more about fight for the future? Like how did you come to be involved with them? I've always been a fan of their organization. And yeah, we would just kind of talk. Uh, their deputy director, Evan Greer, uh, not only am I a fan of, um, you know, what she does with Fight for the Future, but I'm also a fan of her music. So, you know, we've collaborated on that. Like she's done a, a Music Monday on Get Your News On with Ron. And, you know, we just kind of kept the conversation going. And I guess when they came up with this idea, they thought, you know, a content creator would really be helpful for something like this. And they knew I was a really big fan of the organization and have said, hey, if there's ever an opportunity where I could help, uh, let me know. And, and so we decided to uh, collaborate on this one. Pete Sound says to bring a, a, a mirror shield in the meeting with Mitch McConnell, which is a very deep cut into Greek mythology. So thank you for that. Oh, Pete. yeah. Um, I, I, yeah, I missed I, that, but. As uh, as uh, we were just seeing uh, Lucy as she was uh, doing acrobatics around your audio cable, can you tell us a little bit about the the web comic that you've launched since the last time you were on and the progressive to- comedy tour dates you have coming up totally. on the East Coast? Totally, yeah. So LucyandRon.com is the web comic. I uh, I started writing comics between me and Lucy. Like you know, like she has she has a lot of personality. Obviously, she doesn't have the personality in the comic, you know, like she can't actually talk and uh, she doesn't have opinions on Noam Chomsky or uh, anything, at least not that I know of, but, uh, but, you know, I've kind of given her this personality based on kind of, you know, how she sort of presents herself and and it's a lot of fun. Um, And I wrote these like little comic dialogues between us and I never really had a forum for them, but then I started, um, I started giving them to my patrons over on Patreon and people liked them. So I kept doing them and I, I was having fun with it. And then uh, an illustrator got in touch with me and wanted to kind of do the project on a, on a, on a more, you know, like on a more extensive end. Like he's like, let's actually do this. And uh, his name's Chris. He runs a company called Inks Pixels and he does a lot with web comics. So he kind of knows the kind of mechanics and launching one of these. So uh, yeah, LucianRon.com. We got some of the issues out now. And uh, we're gonna be uh, we're gonna be pumping that thing. Issues come out every Saturday because that's a uh, catter day. Nice. I've linked to the webcomic and to your Patreon page here in the uh, Facebook post, and we'll include to include. We'll be sure to include that in the podcast notes as well. And so uh, you've been going around the country with the Progressive Comedy Tour. Tell me about the Progressive Comedy Tour. Who does it include uh, besides yourself? Uh, how have your dates gone so far, and what dates do you have coming up? It's just myself and Graham Elwood. It's just the two of us. It's just a stand-up comedy tour. No frills, no gimmicks, but it is a blast. Um, and we have a lot of organizations that come out. Uh, you know, DSA comes out. Uh, I know some, some Greens come out. Movement for a People's Party comes out. Uh, different candidates come out. Some are dem-entering. Some are no-party preference. Some are Greens. Um, you know, uh, veterans for peace comes out. Uh, so we have a fight for the future is going to come out. So we have a lot of different organizations, everything ranging from electoral politics to, uh, outside of electoral politics. You know, basically if you're uh, a progressive minded person and, and you're doing, uh, you know, a, a cool thing that then we're cool with you and we want you to come out basically. Um, so 
uh, different groups table after our events and, and they meet and they talk to each other and they exchange ideas. So that's part of the fun too. You know, it, it's really cool not just to have a fun stand up show, uh, but also to, you know, we see different people in a given community connect with each other who didn't know each other before. Uh, you know, cause at the end of the day, we really do need a, a big movement to kind of expect to instill any kind of change in this country. So, you know, Graham and I kind of figured, well, if we can gather some progressives in a room together and they can laugh together, that's a start, right? Hey, if Absolutely. you laugh, that's kind of a common language. That's a start. And then we can kind of work out some other details. And, you know, so it's been a lot of fun. We've done, uh, we've done a lot of cities at this point. We've done different regions and we've done everywhere from San Francisco, California to Oxford, Mississippi, uh, and everywhere in between. Um, we kind of, the way we do it, because we both need to be in LA a lot for different things we have going on here, we'll kind of do one region at a time where we'll kind of fly out, do some dates and then fly home. And this region coming up, which literally starts on Wednesday is the East coast. We're doing Wednesday. We're doing Washington, DC. Uh, Thursday, we're doing Baltimore, uh, Friday and Saturday. We're doing two nights in Philadelphia. Sunday, we're doing New Haven, Connecticut. Uh, Monday, we're doing New York City. It's great. And One then, week from tonight. And then, yep. And then Tuesday, we got a day off in New York City. And then Wednesday, we're doing Boston, Massachusetts. Tickets for all those dates are available at romplacone.com. And if you're not on the East Coast, we're going to be in Vegas July 27th. So if you're in Vegas or we're planning a fun weekend, come out on July 27th. You, uh, you can see us in Vegas. And then we just confirmed this. Tickets are not even available quite yet because we just confirmed the dates. But uh, I'll announce it now, September 6th, we're going to be in Madison, Wisconsin. And September 7th, we're going to be in Minneapolis, Minnesota. And we should have some more dates in that region uh, lining up soon, too. So Great. Romplicone.com for all those tickets. Great Midwestern, progressive, radical hotbeds there. And uh, I'm sure will be great shows. Two of my favorite towns. I, I love Minneapolis a lot, and I love Madison, too. So Also great uh, Ultimate Frisbee towns as it just real oh that doesn't surprise me yeah Yeah, that doesn't surprise me at all you know i i kind of have a lot of love for the big 10 college towns especially too because i I went to iu so i'm a hoosier um and you know madison's you know kind of similar they're both really cool places i'm from columbus ohio myself sadly ohio has been in the news for some pretty awful reasons of late Mm. and uh so that's just we got to keep fighting there but um i will say all the greens in new york city have special dispensation to Tune out of a green way forward next Monday night and go to the Progressive Comedy Tour show. See Ron, see uh, Graham, and I've got Gloria Matera, who is uh, frequently a guest on this uh, show. She is the co-chair of the Green Party of New York and co-chair of the Green Party of the United States. And she says that she knows some Greens who would love to uh, come to the event and share information with others. So um, please, yeah, have them reach out. Yeah, I have will. them reach out. Absolutely. I've, I've emailed Greens in New York City, Boston, and Philly uh, to let oh, them good. know about that. So um, as you've been traveling around, what are some of the issues that are on people's minds? And does it vary by region? Or are you hearing kind of the same thing? And for someone like yourself who gets to travel around the country and, and talk to people kind of in a bizarre way like a politician does, sort of, but it, but in a diff, still a very different role. I'm always interested in hearing yeah, what it's very. Like I mean, I hope say. it's very different. But, yeah. uh, uh, you know, a lot of people actually do talk to me about municipal broadband and net neutrality just because, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of people that come to the shows, they've seen my content on it and, and they're familiar with this and stuff like that. Um, so people do talk to me about that a lot, which is really cool. Um, but yeah, just... You know, climate change, healthcare, 
living wages. You know, people, a, a lot of people share their stories and, and a lot of them it's like, yeah, I'm working two and three jobs just to get by. I'm in this crippling student debt. And, you know, I graduated from college with this degree and I've only been able to find a part-time job in my field. And, and, you know, it's, um, it's a very weird time we're living in and that's putting it very gently. So. Absolutely. And uh, you said you've got uh, Vegas coming up and uh, anything else on the horizon that people should be looking out for at ronplacone.com and other places. Well, that you're we're always we're always announcing more tour dates. I mean, we're always you know, we're still we're working through 2019 and then 2020. We're going to hit the road pretty hard because it's yeah. uh, it's an election year and uh, we're going to be touring as much as we can. And we might be doing some international stuff in between there. So. So yeah, there's. Uh, I'm always confirming and announcing more tour dates. Right now, that's uh, everything that's on the books because uh, we knew East Coast was kind of going to be a big leg for us. So we're really excited about it. Um, so we've really been focused on that. And then when I started working on, on this campaign, which also has a role in DC, uh, you know, so this week's going to be a pretty big one. But uh, but yeah, there's going to be more dates on the horizon. There always are. Well, I want to give you a chance for your final thoughts, and we'll do a final plug for the Epic Livestream tomorrow. But before we do that, uh, my last question to you is uh, this news that the the DNC chair, Tom Perez, said that there will be no climate change-focused debate in the 2020 Democratic primary. Uh, wondering what uh, your reaction is to that. Uh, well, I think that the DNC actually stands for definitely not cool, uh, or, 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 or it can stand for democracy. No coincidence. Uh, or it can stand for, um, somebody tweeted actually something very clever. I forget what it was, or I would give them credit, but anyway, yeah, I think that what's really going on, uh, is the nominees, the DNC would like to move forward. Um, they would not be able to hack it in a climate change debate. Mm -hmm. They would embarrass themselves and they would look terrible. So the DNC doesn't want that to happen. I, I think their favorite nominee at the moment is Joe Biden. Joe Biden has the same problem Hillary Clinton had. He's incapable of raising his poll numbers. The more he talks, the more people despise him. The more people are realizing all the baggage he has. And that guy has more baggage than the Atlanta airport. And it's all coming to the surface. So I think that's what this is about. It's um, this is totally to be expected from the DNC. Mm -hmm. I mean, even just in the in the way they schedule the debates, they schedule them. So so they're hoping that people won't be able to tune in. Um, this is just typical from them. And it shows that not only did they not learn anything from 2016, it's that they don't care about correcting anything. Or they learned all the like most wrong, evil, pernicious lessons possible from, from 2016 to like even yeah, double, let's double down. down. Yeah. We, we didn't do it enough. So let's double down. Yeah, totally. Right. But, I, uh, but it's just so blaringly obvious. And I know, you know, this is a green party show, so I know I'm really preaching to the choir big time here, but um, it's just glaringly obvious that winning is not their first priority. Right. And I don't know if there will be a Green Party presidential candidate debate as part of our primary process, but really every debate for the Green Party candidates is a climate change debate, you could say. So I, you know, we'll, right. we'll see. But I, I suspect that I, it wouldn't surprise me if just as a response to uh, what's going on, you know, with the DNC primary, if uh, 
the uh, GPUS and their process sets aside a debate specifically for climate change, just to make that difference even more clear. All right. I know you have a plane to catch, so I want to give you a chance for your final thoughts and anything else that you want to plug. And then we'll, we'll make sure everyone gets the epic live stream information one more time. So your final well, thoughts, I, Ron. I was going to add one thing real quick that uh, totally. something we should also point out uh, for the DNC discussion. Not only are they not holding debates, they're also discouraging candidates from uh, participating in climate debates. So let's say the Green Party wanted to host the debate and they wanted to you know, invite other nominees. They would discourage those nominees from doing that debate. Let's say Sunrise Movement wanted to hold a climate debate. They would discourage uh, their, their uh, candidates from attending that debate. So it's absolutely ridiculous. I mean, it's, it's so ironic the word democratic is in their name. But, um, but yeah, my final thoughts, uh, you know, I'll keep it net neutrality focused. I, um, I really do firmly believe without a free and open internet, our ability to exchange ideas uh, is stifled very greatly. It is a, an information superhighway that we've come to rely on. It is a utility in our life. And it needs to be treated as such. Uh, the free and open internet is a special thing that we can lose. People think it's, it's hard to imagine. It's not hard to imagine. It's very possible. And yes, it could happen here in the United States. We've already given our access away to an organized duopoly. Let's not make it any worse. Let's preserve net neutrality. And once we preserve net neutrality, let's start taking our access out of the hands of this organized duopoly and into the hands of cities and municipalities where it should have been in the first place. But uh, but in the meantime, you know, let's save this medium. We need it. Uh, EpicLivestream.com tomorrow. Please tune in. Uh, please check out the stream. Share the stream. Submit your comments. If you want to participate on the stream, please do email Fight for the Future because uh, that might be a possibility as well. And uh, we're going to be doing the best we can to really be making some noise with this to uh, try to save net neutrality. Well, thank you so much, Ron, for that. Thank you so much for uh, making me laugh and and bringing laughter to countless progressives and radicals who need it. And uh, yes, absolutely encourage everyone to tune into the live stream, share the website, share the hashtag, and uh, give us you know moral support as we are walking that uh, live uh, tightrope on the stream. Uh, do everything that you can to. Turn out support for net neutrality, as Ron said, is a, a first step towards uh, reclaiming a, a municipal, you know, public internet for the public good. And I want to thank all of you who are listening and watching, who have shared tonight's broadcast, for everyone who has gone to agreenwayforward.org to subscribe to our podcast feed and to sign up for our email list. Thank you all for everything that you do, Greens and Allies, and uh, keep on keeping on. Peace. A Greenway Forward is broadcast live on Mondays at 8 p.m. Eastern Time from Dr. Jill Stein's Facebook page. Subscribe to our podcast and e-newsletter at agreenwayforward.org to make sure that you never miss an episode. You can also find us and rate us on iTunes, with more podcast platforms being added each week. Our theme music is Retro Future Dirty by Kevin McLeod, whose fine music can be found at incomptech.com and is available for use under a Creative Commons attribution license. This is Michael O'Neill for David Cobb reminding you to please spread the word about A Green Way Forward and to send us your thoughtful questions and comments to agreenwayforward at gmail.com. Thanks for listening.